Welcome to the Ask Every Time podcast. Ask Every Time's mission is to reduce sexual assault and abuse through sexual consent education, training, and resources. Without further ado, today's episode. Good morning, Emma. I appreciate you uh, talking with us this morning. It sounds like you're kind of out and about this morning. Is that uh, pretty accurate? enjoying some nature. It's the best way to start the day. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. I'm glad you're in a spot where it's warm enough to be able to walk out and about. I think um, I'm actually recording more outside as well, but it turned into be more of a stormy morning, so if there's um, some... Oh, stink. Yeah, yeah. So there might be some raindrops <laughs> on my side, but hopefully we don't get too much background audio and, and we'll be good to go here. <clears throat> so I know... Um, a little bit about your story, but but very little, and so uh, I just wanted to ask you what is what is your current living situation? So at the moment, I am living with my husband. However, we're living in kind of a separated state. Um, he lives down in the basement at our house. Uh, he just got back from being an over over the road truck driver, so. He would kind of have these like long stretches of about three week periods where he was going to be over the road and not coming home. Now we have two kids. And so it was important for us that whenever he would come home, that he'd be able to spend as much time with them as, as he could. So even though we were kind of at this point where we're like, we're separated, we're not really doing the marriage thing right now. We still wanted to have him be able to access the girls whenever possible. Now, it's been a little bit interesting lately because he's been home since the coronavirus started, and so we've spent a lot more time together, which has been interesting for us, but it's been good. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, your daughters. How many many children do you have, and what are their ages? We have two girls. They're um, they're seven and three. Ten and three? Okay. No, seven and three. Seven and three. Okay. And um, how long have you and your uh, husband been married? So, I'm always bad at this part. (laughs) We married October of 2011. (laughs) So, and then we only dated for 10 months before we got married. So, we've not really had, like, a long, like, dating or anything to go along with that. Yeah. So, let's see. This year is 2020. So, that's basically 19 years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In October, it will be right. Uh, yeah, something like that. There's there's math in there somewhere, but yeah, that, I don't. Do, it's way too early for that. Yeah, yeah, that gets us in a pretty good ballpark. <laughs> right. Um, and I know I know a little bit that you had mentioned. Right now, at least, you say your your husband and you are are not sexually intimate at all, and and even to the point where uh, there's there's no touching at all. Um, is, is there kind of a backstory to some of that? Oh, for sure. Um, so I went through this great period of time where I was in a really bad place and I was not happy. And, um, now this is the part of my story that gets a little bit harder for me to share just because it's something that I'm not necessarily as proud of as some of the other things I've done. But 
I went through a period of time where I was just so lost and I started cheating on him and it happened for a long period of time, like several years for sure. And he knew about it for a while. We started getting into some things together, like both of us having different partners together and like both of us knowing that we were with other people and then both of us being with other people together as well. Um, and it just got to like this really, really bad place. And there was this one person in particular that I was with that was a super bad experience for me. And after that happened, he came to me and he was like, you know what? Pretty sure that I'm going to find you completely like dead or hurt or injured in some way someday. And I need you here for our kids. So this has got to stop you know, and that was kind of like the beginning of the end of all of that. However, that was what made me realize how bad it actually was and what kind of started that shutdown of like, okay, yeah, I can't, like, if I can't touch other people, I have to be able to also not touch you because otherwise, like, I don't know how to separate the two things, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. And so um, I'm kind of assuming then with that one individual, um, and maybe we can we can toss him a name. Um, maybe we'll call him Todd. Uh, with with Todd, the, the gentleman that wasn't your husband, um, I assume that something kind of traumatic happened there? Yeah. Um, so he was someone who I met on the Internet. Um and we lived about three hours away from each other, so he came down for a visit, and we had a really great day. Like, he was absolutely fabulous, brought me, like, flowers, took me out for lobster because I'd never eaten it before. Just, you know, like, the all of these super awesome, caring things. Um, had an amazing day, and we ended up, like, having sex that day, and it was Honestly, like, that day was totally perfect. Like, if I had to give you a textbook day, like, that would be it. Um, and I would say, in that experience in particular, there was definitely talk of consent, talk of, like, okay, what do you want? What are you into? Are you okay with this? It was, it was done right. Um, and then the same thing happened again, where we had... An amazing day and at that point I feel like I started to let my guard down and I was like okay I can trust this man like I I know he's gonna be good to me he's taking really good care of me and like that was that was it for me um, and then the third time we hung out when he came down it, it was like his focus was completely only on sex and we were both into sort of like a like a BDSM style type of stuff and um we talked ahead of time of like all oh, these things I haven't tried yet you know this is something I would be interested in and I shit you not like he showed up with a duffel bag specifically specifically devoted only to sex toys and I was like wow that's a lot you know <laughs> it yeah. wasn't necessarily but I think he had like in this mindset of like, oh, we already talked about this, like, you're good, you know, 
Um, and so we had set up ahead of time, like safe words and stuff. But there came to a point in the day where I couldn't physically say yes anymore. I couldn't physically use a safe word if I wanted to because, like, I had a gag in my mouth. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. at that point, it was kind of like all bets were off. And, like, okay, I guess you're just doing what you're going to do. Um, and so then also after that, I was kind of like, okay, listen, like, I'm not good. Like, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm super sore. I'm like not feeling good. And he was like, well, let's just get you a bath and then we can try more things. And I very specifically over and over said, no, like there came to a point in the day, like it was, it was to the point where I was laying on the bed crying and like begging him to stop. And he just didn't because I, I don't know if it was because he thought it was part of all of the playing around with the BDSM or if it was just like for years, I blamed it on myself for just not like punching him in the face. <laughs> but, but I don't, I don't think that that it, it, it never should have even gotten that to, the, to that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and appreciate you um, sharing that and kind of going into that. Cause I think that's more of a, a common experience than a lot of people realize or or, or think about uh especially with saying no but then reaching a point where no is kind of no longer on the table either because of uh exhaustion or like you said different things that are going on um and you mentioned that you guys did have have safe words at any point were you able to use those or had it already gone to the point where that was off the table Right, so that was kind of, um, when I would have wanted to use them, I don't think I, like, verbally could have, and then at that point, I was, I just kind of, like, gave up, and I was like, well, he's gonna do what he wants anyway, so why even try, you know, and and I don't think I was even brave enough in that situation, and, like, I I blame it partially on, like, oh, I'm an Enneagram 9, and I can't, you know, and now, like, I didn't know that at the time that I was 9, and, like, now it's like, oh, okay, I have trouble, like, speaking up for myself and not trying to please people because that's who I am, and that's really helped me kind of, like, understand why things happen the way they do for me, um, but, yeah, I think, I think I, I could have been more aggressive about it, but I just, I just didn't feel safe doing that at that point. Yeah, Absolutely. We, we, we've seen a lot of uh, people-pleasing types, uh, the nines, twos, <laughs> yeah. uh, sh- struggle in this area and, and, and find themselves in situations they don't want to be in because they did, they were looking out for the other partner, but then that leads into these, these situations. Um, not to right. blame you, but we, but I do I do understand that. Um, right. And so you said this was a few, uh, this was a few years back? Yeah, so April would have been two years ago. Two years, okay, okay. Yeah. And so after this experience that you guys had, and and was this all like at a hotel? Yeah. Okay. Was this hotel? Yeah. So the, yeah, kind of far ahead. away from you. Um. No. It, I mean, it was about a half hour. Um. But it was one of those things like, like, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Like, if I piss this dude off, <laughs> you know, like. I just remember thinking, like, I'm not going to get out of here if I make him mad. I, 
And I think that was part of it too. Like there was just no bravery there. And, and I, I, like I said, I blame myself for the whole entire thing for years because I kept saying like, I should have never let it get to that point. I should have never been there in the first place, you know, and which is legit true. Cause I, you know, I was married at the time and like all these things, but that doesn't change the fact that like he was also a responsible, responsible party as well, which I realize now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when, uh, he could tell that you were no longer into it. It would be a good, a good time uh, to check in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you had this really negative experience with him. Um, how did things progress with him after that point? Oh, um, so because of his distance, it was pretty easy to like, just not as, I didn't cut things off because again, there was that fear of like, he knows what town I live in. He could totally find me if he wanted to, you know? So I, I very slowly kind of like stopped replying to his messages as quickly as I was before and just kind of like made myself distant. Um, and then even now, sometimes I'll get a message from him and, and I told him, I was like, dude, that was not a good day for me. <laughs> like, and, and I've been honest with him about how bad that day was. And still even like, it's like, he's kind of oblivious to the whole entire thing. Um, he'll, he'll still reach out every once in a while and send me a message and, you know, I, I hope you and your family are doing good. And I'm like, just eat dirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so after, after that, that really bad experience, you and him no longer had any sexual contact? Oh, no. 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 Yeah. And you said, um, kind of, kind of from this and since it was so negative for you, um, that that has resulted right now in not wanting to be touched at all from anybody? Correct. So right after, uh, shortly after that happened, um, I started going to counseling at my church and started talking with my pastor's wife and she had, um, she's one of those people that had a really bad past and was completely redeemed from it. And that to me was like a huge, um, burden lifted off because I was at that point where I was like, nobody's ever going to love me again. Nobody's ever going to want me that kind of thing. And, and she was like, like your life isn't over, you know? And she really encouraged me to kind of just do whatever it took to make sure that I stayed away from doing what I was doing. Um, and so (laughs) there was, a period of time where I was just like praying and begging God, like not to let anything happen. So, um, I knew that even something like going to the grocery store could be dangerous for me because it's like, Oh, I'll just, you know, find somebody there to talk to. And then next thing you know, we're like talking like we shouldn't be. Um, and so I knew that it had to be like one way or the other for me. I knew that because of my, people-pleasing tendencies and my inability to say no, that if I wasn't also saying no to my husband, I wouldn't also be saying no to other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I took it like over and above. Like I, like I said, just like completely begging God, like take every desire away from me and allow me to just be completely disgusted 
by all things sexual. And, you know, as you know, it's been two years and I'm at that point. <laughs> like anytime, even in a, like a conversation at work, if things get like a little bit on the raunchy side, I'm like so uncomfortable. I'm like, deuces, I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, it's, it's something that I really struggle with, but I would honestly much rather have it this way than the way it was you know yeah yeah sure sure and for you there's there's a lot of um safety and security in that do you do you feel like that's going to be a forever thing for you or what do you see for your future so i actually had a conversation about that with somebody the other day and i was legit weeping because i was like what if i'm like this forever you know um, and, and I think there will come a time with the right person that, um, that it'll be able to happen. Um, even just, like I said, with my husband being home now, we have this, this stupid game that we've been playing where we just try to like pinch each other's nipples in passing, which has been like super flirty. Like, it's like, we don't even I don't know. It's like we're starting over again, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, like, those stupid things that you do when you're first, like, whatever, those are kind of the things that we do. Like, we're just kind of doing a lot of flirting, not a lot of touching. Like, every once in a while, I'll rub his butt. But, like, the most, like, the more intimate things, like holding hands, we don't, like, I'm like, no, I'm not ready for that. Um, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, intimacy issues. Uh, so the more playful stuff I'm okay with, but as soon as it starts to get serious, I'm like, sorry, no. <laughs> so, uh, I, th I think it's definitely something that, that could happen. I, I don't know if it's going to be for us, like between me and him, or if it's going to be with somebody else. And, and I don't like, I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or if it's going to be three years from now, or if it's going to be 20 years from now, but I think, I think there's potential. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I meant to ask earlier, too, with uh, the negative experiences with Todd, um, is it something that you were able to talk to anyone else about? Uh, maybe people in your family? I, did, I never asked you if you had any siblings or what your family looks like. Yeah, my family definitely doesn't know. Um, so actually, I didn't go super in detail with that story with him but I actually had a bunch of broken ribs um after that day with him and so I was actually trying to hide it from my husband too because I wasn't happy about the fact that I had like been out cheating on him you know I wasn't gonna come home and just be like hey so um he ended up I with our youngest being three, she was an infant at that time. And, and I picked her up one day and I like winced in pain really bad. And he, he like questioned me on it. And so he ended up like seeing the brokenness of the ribs. Cause there was all like bruising and everything like that. And, um, so that was kind of the moment he found out. And honestly, he like, he was so mad, rightfully so, but like, I didn't get, I didn't tell him, you know? Um, and, there's been times that I've told the story to people that I don't know, because that's way easier than people I'm close to. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, I've, you know, I talked to my pastor's wife about it, and I've talked to random strangers about it. 
but as far as my family, I'm hoping they never find out. <laughs> and, um, I don't, I don't think my husband and I will ever really talk about it in more detail unless if he feels like he needs to know someday, I wouldn't hide it from him, but it's definitely not information I'm offering to people that I'm close to. Yeah. And does more of the not wanting to talk about it come from the fact that it was BDSM or was it more like that you felt you were cheating on your husband and that, that your family wouldn't improve on that side? Yeah, I mean, they know at this point that I've cheated on him. I don't think they know how bad it was. Um, but I've kind of, like, done this thing where I tested the waters with my friends about the BDSM stuff and, like, just, like, seeing their reactions. And they all get really weird about it. So I'm like, okay, if my friends can't handle this, then, like, definitely my family can't. So, I mean, I could tell the story and admit that part of it, you know, and, and just say, like, he was some random dude. But either way, like, it's a super shameful experience for me. Yeah, it's it's interesting you used uh, shameful because that, that carries a lot with it. And mm-hmm. we've definitely seen that with especially any sort of alternative sexual experiences or BDSM, even if it's trying it out, uh, there's there's this guilt and um, shame factor that kind of goes along with it, even if it's two consensual people, um, which in this case it wasn't. And right. you had mentioned um, the broken ribs, and I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, in 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 that situation, that part of it, was that one of the parts where you just didn't have a voice and you were hoping it was going to be over soon? Yeah, like, at that point, I was honestly just laying on the bed completely, like, I was just, like, doing that silent crying thing where the tears are just pouring down my face, and, and, and I was doing, like, so with our style of BDM we were into, I referred to him as daddy, and so there was, like, this time where I was just laying there, like, daddy, please stop, like, please no like and I was like begging him and it was just like an exhaustion like I was I was so exhausted and I was bleeding at that point um like there was (laughs) I was just I had nothing left inside of me to even attempt to fight it and so it was specifically like he didn't hit me like it was only because of like the pressure that he put on my body that it happened um and just kind of like because he had his hands on my ribs so like with bracing himself off of me that's how it ended up happening um so and i went to the doctor and and i think i I believe it was one broken rib and then there were several that were bruised or whatever and she was like yeah you're gonna need like a year to heal from that i was like sweet (laughs) but i yeah yeah and as weird as weird as it sounds though like that's not even the most traumatic part for me like it's even more traumatic to deal with like the mental part of it like the physical like all that stuff heals so easily you know i'm two years out and i'm fine like you i wouldn't know you know but mentally two years out and i'm still like a wounded little bird yeah absolutely true and uh it, it is the mental side that that is more the concern like you said obviously physical is there but it's the mental side uh right have you kind of a little bit uh, switching gears have you ever looked up or kind of know the definition for sexual assault or sexual abuse um 
I actually just for the first time read that whenever I was reading over some of the things on your website. Um, I didn't really care before Isla was introduced to you. I don't know if that like makes sense or makes me sound stupid or whatever, but I just like it wasn't really a concern of mine. It was just kind of like, eh, this thing happened and now I deal with it. You know, uh, I'm very good at just moving on from things, mm-hmm. and so I never really paid too much attention to it. That's, people all the time are like, well, "Did you report the situation?" And I'm like, "No, like, I didn't want. I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> like I didn't want people to know." So yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that. And you, when you're referencing the website, that's the the Ask Every Time website. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, the reason why we think it's important to just say what happened to you was sexual assault is that you can take some ownership of of that and know that um, even if you weren't able to stop what what happened to you, it was still on the other person it was still them right. doing to you um and and whether you whether you take it criminal or not that's that's always your choice but um that's one thing that's important is to is to see that yeah what what happened does fall under the category pretty easily there of sexual Correct. assault yeah 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 that's a lot it's a lot to go yeah. through and and I know, yeah. um, you know, you're raising two small girls. When you think about them and, and when they get older, um, what are your thoughts on all this tour for them and, and when they start having relationships? What have you been thinking about for them? Um, it's, that's been something that's super heavy on my heart just because... Um, my husband and I have a little bit of a different viewpoint on it. Um, I would like to be a little bit more honest with the girls about what I dealt with because, not, I mean, not obviously to the detail of what you know, but um, I think if someone had been a little bit more upfront with me about some of the dangers of, like, dating around and just things like that um, and, like, like, not being completely safe, then I don't, I don't know that I would have gotten into what I got into. Uh, I grew up in a family where it was very, very much like, um, you don't have sex until you're married. You don't like do anything with your partner until you have a ring on your finger, you know? And I think that made me want it even more. Um, and, and also with that, I was so uneducated about how to do it when it happened, you know? And so I'd love to be, I'd love to share with them, like, not that experience, but some of my other ones, and just so that they don't feel, like, alone in all of it, and so that they can kind of discuss it with me when the time has come. But I will say also that I'm, like, super protective of, you know, like, my daughter, my seven-year-old, she's like, Mom, can I get TikTok? And I was like, no, absolutely not. And then I found TikTok downloaded on her tablet the other day, and I lost my mind, and I was like, listen, 
you're not getting your tablet back ever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, but, I mean, so because of that, I think I'm a little bit more protective about who they talk to and just, like, how they're, like, even with their friends, like, how they're developing their relationships because I want them to be able to stand up and say, like, my friend so-and-so was rude to me and so I'm telling you about it because it's a problem. Whereas, like, the way I was raised, just shut up and don't say anything, you know? And, and that didn't work out for me so well. So I, I'm very, I'm very much wanting to take my mistakes, especially because I see a lot of, like, type 9 tendencies in my oldest. Um, and, it like, it concerns me. I don't want her to have to deal with what I dealt with. And so it's like, I'm so thankful that I know now before she has a chance to, like, completely mature without having my insight. Um, but it's just finding a way to get to get that information to her in a gentle and loving way, I guess, that I struggle with a little bit. But Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and the fact that you're considering it all and trying to figure out the best, the best option for you and, and for them is is definitely I think the first the first step and um and just as an aside I know you mentioned uh type type nine once or twice uh for for the people that don't know what that is that's uh part of an Enneagram personality test and uh type nine is definitely kind of a people pleasing as well as going going with the flow and more of a peace loving type so um a bit of an explanation there and um and I did want to ask you, uh, one, th- one question I try and ask everybody is, if you had to give a definition for what sexual consent is, what would be your definition? Um, I would say that it is asking if something's okay in the moment. Um, the in the moment part is super important though. Like if you could put that part all in capital letters, <laughs> the rest of it is just like verifying that someone's good in the moment. Like that's the part I think that kind of trips everybody up. So like in your situation, agreeing to it a few days beforehand or a few hours beforehand is a completely different story than being in the moment. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it, even with other, like, there's there's a whole entire sexual history that we didn't even get into, and that was something I, I experienced with probably 95% of my relationships, where, you know, we talk about something ahead of time. It's easy to be, like, a keyboard warrior and say, like, oh, yeah, I want to do this and this and this with you, but in the moment, that doesn't change the fact that, like, it's scary then or that it's not something that you are, like, desiring at that moment, like... and and it's like too I've noticed as soon as you do something it's like it unlocks it and like okay that's that's good like we unlock that level and that's good for the rest of our time together no matter what day it is no matter what you know and so um yeah that opens up a whole new thing but that being said um I think the whole approaching it every day as a brand new clean slate experience is something that rarely happens 
Absolutely. I think it it, it rarely happens uh, ex- exactly as you said, especially in people that are in any sort of dating or married relationship. Um, right. That seems to be the first thing that goes out the window. So that's one one huge reason why I appreciate you sharing your story. And um, kind of as, as we wrap up this one, uh, are there any closing remarks or anything you'd want to say to other, other women or other men that... Um, is just important to you? Um, I would say that since everything has kind of gone down and because I since, like have this new outlook on all things sexual, for, for me the most important thing has been making sure I don't get myself into a situation that I know I won't be able to be in control of later because I'm, I lose a lot of like my bravery once I'm in a situation with somebody and I feel like I can't get out of it. So if you have a moment where, like, even in a dating relationship, like, I don't think I want to do sex stuff tonight, but, you know, you're out for dinner and they say, oh, let's go home, then at that point, it's a lot easier to say, actually, I think I should just go to my house tonight. I have an early morning, like, whatever excuse you have to come up with to make it okay for yourself. Like, I think it's been huge for me not to just, to make sure that I don't get myself in a situation where I'm not going to be able to be in control of it, if that's not something I want, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really good advice to, um, head it off early if you can and, and keep yourself safe and think about situations that where it would be harder to say no and leave um, if you, if you needed to. So, um, definitely appreciate that, that advice there and, uh, appreciate your time this morning and, and I hope, uh, things continue to, to get better for you and, and you continue to process what happened and, um, you know, I thank you again for your time. Thank you. And that marks the end of today's interview. If you have any questions, comments, or things you'd like to add, please email us at askeverytimellc at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about Ask Every Time, our mission, or resources, visit askeverytime.com. We're also on Facebook at Ask Every Time. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.